Sand Key is situated next to a channel that leads to Key West. It's located roughly eight miles to the northwest of Key West. In normal conditions, a significant amount of sand accumulates on the submerged reefs at Sand Key, and it actually creates a small island. Soon after the United States took possession of Florida in 1821, a wooden day mark was placed on the island to warn mariners of this navigational hazard. Lighthouses to mark Florida's reef had just recently been completed at Cape Florida, Key West, and the Dry Tortugas when Congress allocated $16,000 on May 18, 1826 for a lighthouse on Sand Key. The plans for this tower were similar to those used for the other three, calling for a 70-foot conical brick tower exhibiting a light from 11 lamps set in 14-inch reflectors. Sand Key's light revolved, producing a flashing signature that differentiated it from the nearby fixed light at Key West. The first keeper of Sand Key Lighthouse was slated to be Joseph Jimenez. However, keeper John Flaherty and his wife Rebecca were having a terrible time adjusting to their isolated life on the Dry Tortugas. So the collector of customs at Key West, William Pinckney, arranged for the two keepers to trade assignments. Shortly after the Flaherty's arrived on the island, Sand Key Light was exhibited for the first time on April 15, 1827. With fishermen, wreckers, and picnickers from Key West frequenting the island, the Flaherty's thoroughly enjoyed their new social life. Their joy, however, was short-lived as John became very sick in May of 1828 and then passed away in 1830. Rebecca remained on the island and was appointed keeper after her husband's death. In June of 1831, William Randolph Hackley, an attorney in Key West, recorded the following account of a visit he made to Sand Key Lighthouse. The wind was so light that we did not get to the key until noon. I went up to the lighthouse. The light is revolving, and it's one of the best in the United States. It's kept by Mrs. Flaherty. She, with her sister and a hired man, are the only inhabitants of the key, and sometimes there are none but the two females. The length of the key is from 150 to 200 yards, and the average breadth, 50. We remained till evening, and having spent a pleasant day, returned to town around 8 p.m. The November 23, 1834 edition of the Florida Herald reported a wedding on Sand Key Lighthouse. Rebecca Flaherty had married Captain Frederick Neal. The newlyweds took a lengthy trip the next year to visit family while a temporary keeper watched the light. Upon their return, Captain Neal was appointed the keeper and served in this role until he resigned in February 10th of 1836. Captain Francis Waltington was the next keeper, maintaining the light until July 27, 1837, when the colorful Captain Joshua Appleby succeeded him. Born in Rhode Island in 1773, Appleby became a widower at a young age when his first wife, Sarah Vile, died at 23, leaving him alone to care for their one-year-old daughter, Eliza. In 1820, Appleby sailed for the Florida Keys, where he co-founded a settlement on Vaca Key and made a living from the sea through fishing, turtling, and salvaging shipwrecks. Appleby's salvaging practices were soon called into question as he was accused of conspiring with a privateer, Charles Hopner, to intentionally run aground vessels captured by Hopner so the cargo could be salvaged and sold. Commander David Porter, head of the Naval Squadron at Key West responsible for eradicating piracy, had Appleby arrested in 1823 and taken to the Irons in Charleston, South Carolina. 
Appleby must have been innocent or had friends in high places as he was released after Smith Thompson, the Secretary of the Navy, and President James Monroe reviewed the case. Upon securing his freedom, Appleby returned to Rhode Island for a time, and then he relocated to Key West in 1830. The government granted Appleby a license as a wrecker, a trade he practiced for several years. Then on July 27, 1837, he accepted an appointment as the head keeper of Sand Key Lighthouse. While Appleby's livelihood had previously depended on ships' misfortunes, it was now his duty to keep these ships safely away from the reef. During Appleby's tenure at the lighthouse, hurricanes struck Sand Key in 1841 and 1842, with the 1842 hurricane destroying the keeper's dwelling and seriously damaging the lantern. In 1843, a seawall was built around the lighthouse to properly provide protection from the storm surge that accompanied the hurricanes. The following year, that wall was put to the test and it failed. The new keeper's dwelling was swept away along with a good portion of the island. Appleby's daughter Eliza visited the lighthouse on October 1846 along with her husband and their three-year-old son and Mary's adopted daughter. On October 11th, a hurricane described as the most destructive of any that has ever visited these latitudes in the memory of man hit Sand Key. As the hurricane strengthened, Appleby and his five visitors very likely sought refuge in the lighthouse, since the tower had withstood previous storms. The seawall again proved no match for the hurricane, as the raging seas swept across the island, washing away the dwelling, the tower, the island itself. The following morning, waves were observed rolling over the reef where the island had been and no trace of the lighthouse could be seen. Still, the reef posed a threat to vessels, and Honey, a 140-ton ship, was soon purchased in New York, recommissioned as a lightship, and sent to Florida to mark Sand Key. Congress acted quickly as well, allocating $20,000 on March 3, 1847, for a new Sand Key lighthouse, and then adding an additional sum of $39,000 $970.74 to the project in 1848. Before the new lighthouse was completed, at least eight vessels had run aground on the reef, resulting in a loss of over $420,000. Although lighthouses were expensive to construct, the reduction in lost cargo easily offset the investment. Hurricanes struck Sand Key Lighthouse Tower again in 1856 and 1865, followed by the twin hurricanes of 1870, and another one in 1875. Each hurricane swept away most of the island, and the station's wharf, boathouse, privy, and oil house were destroyed multiple times. By 1875, the dwelling perched in the tower had suffered so much abuse at the hands of the hurricanes that it, too, had to be replaced using a $20,000 appropriation made by Congress in 1874. As the bolts used to hold the dwelling together were thoroughly rusted, much cutting was required to remove the old structure before it could be replaced with a new, heavier one. During the periods between hurricanes when sand built back up around the lighthouse, thousands of terns congregated on Sand Key to nest. Turn eggs were found to be quite tasty, and the lighthouse keepers would collect them by the basketful to deliver to their friends on Key West. <laughs>
At one point, it was reported that nine to 12,000 birds used to nest on Sand Key, but so many eggs were taken, only two or 300 young ones hatched. On neighboring islands, birds were being killed by plume hunters seeking fancy feathers to adorn ladies' hats. Eventually, Sand Key Lighthouse came under control of the Coast Guard. The light was automated and the dwelling on the lighthouse was vacated. On June 1st, 2017, the Sand Key Lighthouse was deemed excess by the Coast Guard and was made available under the guidelines of the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act to eligible entities. And it was today, January the 9th, 1827, that construction began on the first lighthouse on Sand Key. It was completed in 70 days. And that's what happened today in Key West history. Today in Key West history is brought to you by 43 Keys Media. You can find out more about our glorious past by visiting 43keys.com. You can also get this show as well as others as an Alexa flash briefing. Just tell Alexa, play today in Key West history as my flash briefing. You can also get this show and others on YouTube and visit 43keys.com for more interesting information about our beautiful Florida Keys.